Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast. I'm Rob Kane, and you're not going to hear Rick's voice in this intro because we're, going, we're coming from a distance again. Rick has some big news to share, which is one of the reasons why we are recording from a distance. But with that said, we are talking today about church planting and the idol of immediacy. Uh, we ran across a great article on Together for the Gospel, and we wanted to chat a little bit about it because Rick and I, we particularly feel the pressure of church planting and the Western church with uh, trying to make it as quote-unquote successful as it can be, and sometimes we try to take it into our own hands rather than trusting our sovereign Lord. So we hope you enjoy this conversation. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Simple Theology. My name is Robert Kane. I'm Rick Gromlich. And we are a podcast that connects mm. theology to everyday life. And it worked. I know. Shocker. Um, Shock. But we had a little technical difficulties to start this thing off. And no, we didn't. We never have we ever. Never have we ever. Technical. Except for nearly 90 plus percent of the time we have a little bit. And typically we power through. But we just decided mm. to stop it. We said, nope, we're only five minutes into this thing. Let's just turn it off and start over. So here we are. We're back. Rick, let's recap. You're very tired. Action. You're having a tough time yes. keeping your focus. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because something semi-big happened in your life. You want to share what that was? Well, first, I want to hear your definition of big. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand what you mean by semi-big. <laughs> the joke was the semi-big part. Uh, it was actually a very big thing. You want to share it to listeners? Yeah, so... Uh, um, I got a new savings account this week hey, for my retirement. <laughs> no, um, uh, we had our second child. So uh, last week, June fourth, my wife um, gave birth via C-section to our son Levi, Levi Richard. He is healthy and strong and doing well. So we're happy about that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's good. Praise God for that. And we're we're very very tired because of that. So. You just tell me how much sleep you're getting. Yeah, oh well, yeah, tons, man. I think I got like an hour or two. Oh, dude, you're well rested. <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. I'm not looking forward to that at all. We're we're due at the end of August, and I I remember. I, I forget. I forgot how bad it was, dude. I, I remember um, people asking me right before Finley got here, like, "Hey, you ready? You ready?" And I honestly, like, I I knew it was going to be difficult, but I was like, I feel as prepared as I can be right now. Like yeah. Plenty of people have given me tips and plenty of people have kind of prepared right. me mentally. Um, and you guys did, you did well when she came. I feel, I feel like, I felt like, I felt like we did okay, but man, I was, I was really surprised with how exhausted I was those first couple of weeks. It was, yeah. it was rough for me and yeah. I'm not looking forward to that, that aspect. I'm looking forward to, a baby girl getting here, but I am not looking forward to feeling absolutely depleted for mm-hmm. days and weeks at a time. You got it, man. You got this. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, Rick. No, I think like what I forgot was just how, how bad the hospital was. Like just trying to sleep in a hospital, all that is terrible. Dude, we, then, uh, so this time around, yeah. round number two, like yeah. we even have a plan for that because we ended up leaving early. Um, 
When like you like snuck out or you just <laughs> no. they were pe- like no they said like hey like you're mm. able to stay another day um yeah and we were like no like getting out of here and it was probably yeah. primarily because of me because I just I couldn't sleep in there and no, I was just yeah. I couldn't operate couldn't function and so just figured it'd be better for us to be home be able to sleep in our mm-hmm. own bed that kind of thing but um, we even have a plan for that this time like bring different pillows like bring a weighted blanket and bring some earplugs so that i like we don't wake up when or i don't wake up when doctors come in because danielle danielle's like you just need to bring earplugs this time that way you can sleep through it and i'm like okay like if you're cool with me bringing earplugs then i'll do what i can to stay asleep (laughs) but she's like yeah no and so we've got a plan but we'll see we'll see how it goes there you go man so i love it so what are we talking about today man Sleep, yeah, uh, the lack right. of sleep. No, we are talking about uh, church planting and being impatient and how, uh, which it goes beyond church planting really, but like just God's timing on things. Yeah. So there's a, um, an article we're going to reference by Adam Ramsey. He's a church planter out of Australia. Aussie, man. Uh, Aussie, the Oz. Shout and, out to our um, boy Pete. Yes, absolutely, Pete. Wish you were there. This church guy is on the Gold Coast, which is a, a couple hours away from you, Pete. Um, Rob was just ripping on the guy because he can't even spell Liberty correctly. Yeah, he spelled Liberty wrong. Someone should have like done a spell yeah, check on that before. <laughs> That's how they spell church. it in Australia, Rob. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, the article is called Church Planting in the Idol of Immediacy. And it talks about just how as church planters, we want to see things happen. We want to see things kind of firing and, and going right away which is ironic because a lot of church planters they they don't want to lose the title of church planter like they want to stay as a church planter for years but then they want to be mature church status like overnight yeah so yeah it's funny and you had an illustration for this rob oh yeah you're right i I did already give that illustration but it's not recorded in this session (laughs) but no i already i already feel that because um just last night, Danielle and I were praying about this and cause, cause we've been at this thing for three months. Like we had our first mm-hmm. interest meeting, uh, the second week of March and then COVID hit and we couldn't meet in person. And, um, we're not even three months into this thing. And I already feel the pressure and like the expectation of hundreds of people flocking to this thing. Like Rob, wh- what are you doing to get all kinds of people in the door? That, that mm-hmm. kind of mentality. And, um, anyone who knows me knows that that just, that really turns me off. Like, I just don't, yeah. I don't like the whole rah, rah, get everybody excited. Let's have a, yeah. um, a, a big pep rally kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah, big pep rally for church. Like that, that just, I, I don't know. I don't resonate with that. In fact, Rob, it, did, when you would be in worship and that there was the worship guy who like clap over his head, like, let's all clap, you know, and clapping like over his on, head. everybody. What was your, I don't, what was your response to that guy? <laughs> The over the head clap guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, I typically I typically respond in the opposite way he wants me to. <laughs> <laughs> a little civil, yeah. little civil disobedience yeah, don't, there. Don't manipulate me into this. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, I, so I just don't do well with the whole like. All right, we got to do mm-hmm. this to get this pe- this amount of people, and and that's a lot of what Western church planting just looks like. And yeah. so there was there was mm-hmm. a time where I was like, you know what? I don't know if church planting is for me. Like if this is what it is, like I fully affirm the the truth that God's primary way of accomplishing his will is through his people, i.e. the church. 
and um, one of the most effective evangelistic methods is through church planting. And yes. there is a, a need for healthy churches um, in the states, especially certain pockets of the states. And so I'm like fully on board with that. But there was there was a time where I was like, yeah, someone else can go go play that game. Like they can run that play. I, I That's not me. I do not want to be that guy. That guy kind of annoys me. Um, I would rather mm -hmm. just go to an established church and faithfully plow the ground there. And mm -hmm. the Lord just continued to like convict and convict and push us towards church planting. And we're, we'll continue to do it for as long as he allows. But I, um, it's funny because I, I don't want to be like church planter status for as long as I can. I like if tomorrow mm -hmm. they were like, Hey, you're lead pastor and you're now like in a quote unquote established church, even if it's mm -hmm. just like, I don't know, a small amount of people, then I would rather do that. Um, because of that like mentality that I have in my mind of what mm -hmm. a typical church planter is, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm sure there's like probably some yeah. inward sin on my end, but that's just my mentality behind it. Yeah, no, I, I think that it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you get turned off by something, so you go the opposite direction, right? Yeah. And that's where like the whole pep talk and the rah-rah thing it's it's usually shallow, mm -hmm. and so if you're looking for something with some depth and substance, you're you're not going to be attracted to that. Um, but having said that, what does it look like to still motivate and encourage people? And in a church plant, it should look the same as it would in a, a mature, established church, because your motivation is the gospel, the church united, doing this together, right? Though that doesn't change whether you're a church plant or an established church. What changes is the tension of can we get this thing kind of up and off the ground? Can we can are we can we survive? Can we make ends meet? Can we pay our bills? Where an established church, they've figured for the most part that out. Church plant, it's just a big question mark. Yeah. And there's a there's this a tension of man, like we got to get this thing going. Um, and a lot of church plants fail. I mean, the vast majority. I don't know the statistic on that, but a lot of them do. And so there's that pressure, like man, I don't want to be uh, just like another, you know, failed church planter. Um, but if that's if, if those are your motivations, the reason you're pumping, you know, and grinding, or the reason that you're, you know, just beating the pavement is because you don't want to be a statistic that you failed or you're not a good leader. Like we you probably shouldn't be church planting anyway. Yeah. Like that's not what it's about. <clears throat> so yeah, but having said that, it's difficult because whether it's church planting or it's starting a business or even even education, like getting your degrees or advanced degrees, like it's just slow, tedious parenting. Golly Ned. Yeah. Slow, tedious work. And you just want to see results. You want to see like, okay, I think we've we we're we're going downhill. I th we think we can coast for a little bit. I think we can relax. Um, and that just does not seem to be the pattern anywhere in scripture for the Christian life uh, or in church history. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and you asked me about that illustration and I had forgotten yeah, yeah. To, to say it, but I mean, it, it's similar to, you said that you had a son recently and um, born June 4th. And so it would be, yeah. it would be absolutely um, crazy for you to, to tell him, hey, um, because like I was saying earlier, we're three months into this thing, and mm -hmm. it would be crazy for you to tell your your son Levi, your, your brand new baby boy, that three months from now, we expect you 
to maybe not be functioning like an adult, but we expect you to be able to feed yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, go get some Wait, cereal. Go is that unreasonable? <laughs> <laughs> for like he, every, he better... for, for most children, <laughs> but Levi, I'm sure by three months, he'll be doing that. Um, but it, it would just be crazy to have yeah. that expectation on him. And in the same way, yeah. it would be crazy to tell him, hey, by three we expect mm-hmm. you to kind of be out of the house or at least pretty close to out of the house. <laughs> Have a good job. Yeah, be like pretty much self-sufficient. Maybe you come to us a little bit here and there, but but we're uh, we're really kind of expecting you to at least be able mm-hmm. to to pull your weight. And yeah. And it's funny how like we we view that um, with children, but yeah. when it comes to starting other ventures, we're like, "Hey, we we expect this thing to be up and going within within three years or within three months. And um, it's just, there's a phrase in this, in this article where he says, um, church planters daily wake up to a temptation to move at a pace at which the spirit isn't moving. Yeah. Daily wake up to a temptation to move at a pace at which the spirit isn't moving. And there's like a natural, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there might be church plants, church plants out there that they announce that they're planting and, week one, they've got several hundred people. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that can happen. And I think that that can happen in a healthy way. Um, I, I don't think it's the norm. And I don't think it should be expected to be the norm. Well, and you talked about, I think you mentioned this, um, how church planting is one of the most effective means of evangelism. Yeah. Right? So, with that in mind, planting a new church one of the main focuses is reaching new people. Yeah, um, Either unchurched people, dechurched, never, you know, people who are not currently in a, in a healthy body. So when it says like that we feel like we need to move at a pace that's you know different than the pace of the Holy Spirit, the idea there is, or the question really that, that's being begged is, well, what is the pace of the Holy Spirit? Mm. Now this is applied to us, as applied to church planting, it's applied to our own sanctification, really. Like at what speed is the Lord transforming us? You know, I don't expect in three months to be just have the same wisdom that I would in 30 years. Mm. But yet I still have that desire. Yeah. Right? And you, the illustration of, you know, with a baby, you don't have the the expectation that in three months or in three years they're, they're going to be that super mature person. I think we need to apply that consistently to our own lives as well. Like we have to understand that that Jesus is about his work. If he's sovereign, he's good, which he is, he will do that work on his time frame. So what is it that in us is just like, let's go now, let's, let's move, let's advance, let's take it to the next level. I mean, I think there's multiple different answers to that question but one of them is i think just whether it's peer pressure or just the culture like we want to be seen as a success Mm. we want to be seen as okay our church is growing or i'm maturing quickly as as a christian wherever you want to apply that like we just want to be seen as we're doing the right thing which is a slip kind of back into approval and we're almost works-based religion but but that's the tension we feel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ecclesiastes 7.8 um, says, Better is the end of a thing than its beginning, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, like, it's so much better to, to go about it at the pace at which the spirit is moving, at the, the, the pace mm-hmm. at which um, 
God has set, not this pace that you have set. And dude, that that's like me speaking to me because yeah. I am very much so like, all right, step by step by step by step. And this is what it looks like each step of the way. And this is what is expected. Right. Um, and it, I, I mean, one of my mentors, Mark, you know, him, um, I, I, who's that? Yeah. Mark Glenn, you know, uh, played a small role in your life, you know, uh, <laughs> <Stop it. laughs> uh but, but we, he and I were meeting the other day and we even, we even Mark apology during that time. Um, but he, he was, Oh, that's who you're with. Yeah. You know, I know he looked unfamiliar <laughs> to you completely. Um, but mm. he was like, Hey, one of the best pieces of advice I can give you is just mm-hmm. take a deep breath, breathe out and trust that this is all in the Lord's hands. Every bit mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah, like that, true. that'll, that'll give you energy to continue moving forward to know that like, Hey, you, it's not up to you to come up with these results. It's not up to you to make this happen. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the Lord and you're a part of it. And so, um, that, that was encouraging, but, um, what are some, let me just ask you some of these questions. Uh, um, oh, unless you had something there, you to throw there, in there. I've got some questions, questions I want to ask you. I was just going to just say again, even like for our own sanctification. I mean, Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So this idea of, uh, and that's talking about these relationships with, with brothers and sisters in Christ, this doing good, don't grow weary in this, this slow, patient uh, work. So as Christians, right, understanding that the Lord, it, it's his work to do that. The best thing we can do is almost be patient and allow him to do his thing. Hmm. It's when we start driving and pushing that things begin to crumble because we have this expectation or this pressure. And as Mark was saying, like just being patient, trusting in the Lord, like that's a practical test. Do we believe our theology that God is sovereign and he's good? Yes, he's going to work in us. Yes, we have decisions. We have a role to play. But do we truly trust him? And if we do, then that'll come out by us being patient, allowing him to work at his time. Yeah. So what are the questions? So yeah. thinking From, through, because you're, you're mm-hmm. like a solid year or two ahead of us. Um, I don't know. I'm not big on timelines, Robert. Yeah, exactly. don't, put me in a, don't put me in a box. I was getting ready to say that uh, <laughs> with regard to when you planted, not necessarily stage, because it might take us five years to get to where you are. But with that said, what are some of the... Um, things that you would say could be natural outflows of trying to go too quickly? Oh, um, now, well, first of all, it, it, okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I was going to say, now I know you don't have a lot of sleep. I know it's yeah. been tough for you to put <laughs> thoughts together, but if I need to rephrase the question for you, I can do that. I just want to set you up for success. Earlier, I was trying to talk to Will, our, our oldest, and I was trying to tell him to do something, and I was like, I was trying to tell him that daddy wasn't him to do something. And I started calling him daddy and me. Well. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm going inside. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah. So w- anyway. what are some things that you, um, that you would see as potential pitfalls for church planters who are trying yeah, to go too fast? Yeah. So that's, that's one of the biggest pitfalls is trying to go too fast. Um, and it, I think it's revealing. So what I mean by that is, it reveals why you're church planting. Um, it reveals your your true theology about God and His goodness, His provision. Hmm. Um, and I mean that very practically. Like, yes, you have a mortgage or you have rent, you have bills to pay, some sort. 
um, do you trust the Lord to pay those? Like you're gonna, you need to work hard, but do you really trust that He's gonna provide? Um, if you're rushing because man, like we got, we gotta get this, we gotta get some money. I need to start paying my bills. I need to take a salary. We need to get a hundred people in here. Well, you could get a hundred people in there. That's that's actually not that hard. Um, getting a room full of people is not that difficult. Planting a gospel-centered, Christ-honoring church that multiply that makes disciples and multiplies disciples—that's a challenge. Yeah. That's slow work. Um, that's planting in the early spring and waiting till autumn and the, the fall to harvest. There's a lot of just pulling weeds and watering in between. Then, um, so the big pitfall is that you're gonna—it just reveals a lot of like, man, I, I just don't think this is a good thing for you. Like, this isn't gonna help you mature in Christ. This is a distraction. But two. Practically, you're going to lose people. Like people are not there. You know, they're not here to, to put on a rock concert hmm. where we're going to gear up. We're going to we're going to run a marathon or sprint for a couple months, get everything ready, and then we're going to put on the show. And hopefully, after seven, eight, nine times, it's going to get some traction, and people are going to start coming. Um, and you'll burn through people like that because people. That's not relational. It's not um, conducive for maturing in your faith. And then practically, you will just burn out. Um, yeah. I don't care if you have a church of 10,000, 10, or 50,000, right? If if you're if the main driver is I need to get I need to grow this thing. Um man, like you're always you always be dis, dissatisfied and upset. So, and I'll say even like I've never struggled with that. I've never been like, man, I got to get a 10,000 people in here, right? First of all, that's like a fourth of the county. Um, <laughs> but the thing that I, I get impatient with isn't like growing. it. It's I want to see people maturing. Yeah. I, okay, I see the potential in this guy. I want to see, I want to develop him as a leader. I want to see, you know, maybe in six months he'll be leading a CG or he'll be, you know, potential for an elder in a couple of years. But man, the Lord actually works pretty slow in that too. Yeah. So that's, a, that's another thing that I think we... Or I can be really impatient. Is I want to see the Lord just transforming people quicker. Um, yeah, which is silly because I think about my own life. Like the Lord has done; He's doing transformation. He's done transformation. It's just it's slow. It's good. It's awesome, but it's slow. Um, I want to see people evangelize more. I want to see people having a burden for their neighbors, for their for their world, and that's good. And I there needs to be a a, a holy discontent there in a sense, but you also have to be patient. So there's a lot of things, but when you're just trying to like just blow this thing up, make it real big, you're just going to burn through everyone. Yeah. And the people who are left are going to be probably just as toxic and unhealthy as you. Mm-hmm. And it's just not good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and also, I mean, one of the fruits of the spirit or part of the fruit of the spirit, whether you be the fruits of the spirit as plural or singular or as multiple facets, but is patience. And it's amazing that as we try to um, start this thing and lead in this thing that is supposed to lead people to become more like Jesus by exuding and living out the fruit of the Spirit, um, we ourselves refuse to embrace when it comes to that patience piece. We think, oh, Mm -hmm. it's got to be quicker, it's got to be quicker, it's got to be bigger, it's got to be faster. and there's a quote in here that says, the kind of leaders who burn themselves out, burn their marriages up, and burn their ministries to the ground are the impatient ones. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, that yeah. is, there's a lot of truth to that. And I already feel like 
um, oh, like we got to do this. We got to, we got to reach out to our neighbors. We got to put on a little event. We got to do that. Like we got to find ways to connect with them. And um, like, I already feel that pressure on myself. I can already mm-hmm. see how I would put that pressure on others as well. And, yeah. and I, I just have to remind myself that, Hey, you have to go at the spirit space. You can't use people to get this thing to be self-sustaining you can't use people to get this thing to the place where it quote unquote needs to be and and you can't try to force the timeline by coming up with your own plans and forcing people to run those i mean it's it's a slow and steady process it's more so Mm -hmm. um these illustration here of being like a farmer rather than a shooting star that streaks across the sky real quick yeah there you go yeah so Go ahead. I was going to make a comment about streaking, but oh, uh, it seemed pretty pretty inappropriate at the time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, have you felt any like pressure from? And, and by no means am I trying to get you to call anybody out. So please don't. Like, I'm going to say names ahead of time, here. Don't say any names. <laughs> um, but have you felt any pressure internally, like within your church, like, hey, this thing needs to be moving faster on your end? Um. I would say no, I, I, and I, I would say that's typical. Most pl- church planters, they're the ones who thought the most about church planting and what a church plant should look like mm-hmm. and what they're hoping it's going to look like, and so they're probably the most impatient person around. Um, we had some we had some tension in the early phases of the process of when we we're going to start um, public corporate Sunday gatherings. Um, and that was a, a timing issue of like, okay, when, when do we think we're ready? When are our people ready? Do we have a space? Are the logistics? There's multiple factors that go into that. And so, um, there was some tension with that. Some people were, were ready for it before I think we were ready for it, or at least I felt like we were ready for it. Um, and there's moments where I was ready for it. And I feel like other people weren't ready for it. Um, but I think one of the most helpful things with regard to patience and timing and trusting the Lord is church planting is difficult, but it's, it's the, it's disciples of Jesus Christ gathering, right? There's, and there's a, an ecclesiology that has to be met there for it to be a church. Um, and then you grow, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of it, right? So you start with a, a, a handful or whatever, a, a number of believers, we would say, ideally baptized believers. Um, and then you grow, and the question has to be, as a pastor, as a leader, are you shepherding those people first, right? It's the whole, you know, if you're, given, if you're faithful with little, you know, you'll be given much, you'll be given more. If you're not faithful to shepherd and care for and tend to the, to the flock of 10 or 100, um, yeah, you could grow it via other methods and stuff, but, but why grow it to 1,000 or why grow it to 150 if you're not even shepherding and doing the work you're supposed to do with the 10. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a really humbling, even for me, like it's a humbling, convicting thought um, because you, you're you always looking to the future. It's like, well, are you present? Are you are you doing the work uh, here and now? And that can that helps to slow things down and be faithful to what's before you instead of just the what if or the, the six months or the six years down the road kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah, viewing the the long term rather than the mm-hmm. short term, and um, I heard somebody say uh, a little bit ago about how when it comes to 
interacting with people who disagree with you. I mean, right now we're mm -hmm. in a, we're in a really unique time in our country and even in just in the world with the everything that's mm -hmm. going on. And and it just so happens as well to fall in a um presidential election year. And so yeah, opinions are even more heightened. And they're talking about how do you have conversations that are beneficial um when you disagree with somebody in whatever of these areas you may disagree with. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they, the person responded and said, having a long-term relationship view in, on mm -hmm. the conversation. Yeah. If you just yeah. try to win the conversation, try to win the argument right then and there, um, then then it's going to be harmful to your relationship long-term and it may even just lead to the, the end of that relationship. And in the same way, when it comes to church planting, if you try to like make it happen overnight, then you could end up doing more harm than good. Um, and there's a, there's a phrase in here that says, slowing ministry pace in order to increase ministry longevity is a step forward, not backward in fruitfulness. Yeah. Just slowing down for the sake of increasing longevity um, is a step forward, not backward in fruitfulness. And, and Rick, before we close out, I have um, a few sentences in this, um, in this article that I want to read, but mm. before I do, do you have any final words that you want to say? Um, I was just, I was really getting impatient with this episode. I cool. thought we'd be done by now. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Okay. No. Um, let me ask you this before I read this quote. If so you and me are both in the process of church planting. If there's another church planter out mm -hmm. there or somebody who may be a part of a church plant or somebody who is dreaming about church planting someday, yes. and they're feeling that tension of this this needs to move quicker. We, we need, when, when we get there, it needs to move quick, or maybe we're here, it needs to move quicker. Maybe I'm in the process of it, so I'm moving as fast as I'd like it to. What would be one or two words of encouragement that you would give them? Mm. Um... Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to caveat a little bit and just okay. say one thing that's unique about church planting is just the finances. We live in a culture where, not all, but it's not uncommon for pastors to, for, for them to, to make their living being a pastor. They're vocational pastors. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't make them any better or worse or anything than other pastors. It's just a unique thing. But that unique thing puts a unique amount of pressure on growing um, this little f group into a size that can now pay bills, that can pay your salary, that can pay for the uh, space or whatever. So that is a very unique thing, um, and I would just encourage guys, hopefully there's options, but the, l the less you're just completely tethered to your church's size for your own personal financial stability and health, um, the better. So if, if you're able to work and provide for your family outside of the church while it's growing, um, that's great. If you can keep that going so that you don't, as soon as you make the transition and now the church is, is your source of income, right? You're, you're employed by the church. It just changes things. Not that, that, not that that's wrong. Just be mindful of that. And I would say, if possible, you know, keep your, your other job and then make sure you, the church is financially ready before you kind of be employed by it. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's one thing. It's kind of a side thing, but it's practical. Yeah. The other thing I would say um, is that 
if if the Lord is doing the work, if the Lord is working through you, um, there is nothing you can do to make him work faster. Hmm. So if you gather more people, if you have more campaigns for finances, if you have better signage, if you have better advertisement, whatever you have, if you have, if you can get all your people bumper stickers and they're all like, <laughs> you know, praising, praising the name of, of your church, whatever, that will not change the work that the Lord is doing because he's already going to do his work. Um, and just trust that and be faithful to what Scripture calls you to do. Ephesians 4.11, you're to equip the saints. Um, you're to shepherd them and to lead and, and do that and let the Lord do the rest. Yeah, that's good. Let me read this. Um, it says in this article, and who's the guy who wrote this article so I can give him credit? This is Adam Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Let me find my spot now. This is really good radio. Okay. Is it the last paragraph nope, of the it's article? Not. It's not. Okay. I got one I want to read. Oh, man. You want okay. me to go first? Nope, I got it. I'll go. I got it. Here we oh, go. Okay, okay, okay. You just slow okay. your horse. I found it. <laughs> Be patient. Okay. He says, there's certainly nothing wrong with a large and growing church. But shouldn't we be a little cautious of the very things Satan used to tempt Jesus on the front end of his public ministry? First was the first was the hurry of immediate gratification, turn these stones into bread. Second, the temptation to prove himself with a spectacular display. If you're really the son of God, prove it. Throw yourself off the temple and have the angels catch you. Finally, Satan baited his hook with a global glory and power. Each of these temptations, immediacy, legitimacy, and glory, had to do with timing. Eventually, Jesus' fasting would end, his identity as the Messiah would be vindicated, and the glory of earth's kingdoms would belong to him. But not yet. And in the not yet, Jesus patiently trusts the Father's timing. Not once in the Gospels do we see him in a hurry. So why are we? Amen. Good stuff. Adam. That's so good. Um, I I don't know if I should read this part. That was really good. It was, it's, it was the, a good. Article. The last paragraph good. it says, "The one who invented time is never behind schedule, and in that glorious truth is the power to face anything, even waiting." Yeah. That idea that that God has invented time, He is never behind schedule. Yeah. You know, and and be mindful of what He's done. So that's good. That's so good. And guys, um, as a reminder. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB. And we have been very outspoken about the CSB on the mm. show. We we love the CSB. There are other great translations out there as well. We're not like CSB only uh, peeps, but we do we do appreciate that translation for a couple reasons. One, um, it is very readable, and yes. uh, mm-hmm. you can read it in today's language where it doesn't feel like overly poetic. Um, and don't get me wrong, I love poetic. It's just sometimes it can feel like a, a different language on, in these other translations. But the CSB is very mm-hmm. straightforward language, uh, very easy to read, but it's also very accurate. And so they, right. when they were doing the translation, they went back to the original Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic manuscripts, and they uh, translated it and they kept it very close to the original. 
which is something that you want to look for in a good translation. And so we're big fans of the CSB because it's not only very accurate, but it's also very readable. And sometimes to try to attain one, you can lose the other. But the CSB has found an optimal equivalence to to keep both of those mm. in, in one really good translation. So we would encourage you guys, check out the Christian Standard Bible. That's great. I use mine every day. Um, I've been using it for several years, but i um, been using my verse-by-verse premium mm. uh, goat skin leather CSB every day. It's a, it's a great gift. Yep. So, guys, if there's anything on this episode that we talked about that you would like us to elaborate a little bit more on, or if you want to get in touch with us and mm-hmm. recommend another topic, feel free to reach out to us. You can head over to our website at simpletheology.org. You can reach out to us on social media using the hashtag simpletheologypod. You can reach us on mm-hmm. Facebook at facebook.com slash simpletheology, Instagram at simpletheologypod, and you can email us at info at simpletheology.org, or you could shoot us a voicemail. Be a little bit of encouragement to us. Tell Rick congrats on having a baby. He'd love to hear your voice. My wife had a baby. That's true. (laughs) Tell Rick congrats (laughs) for being there. Interrupted my flow, man. Thanks a lot. 614-233-1098. 614-233-1098. Rick, did I miss anything? All right. Rob, I, I think it was beautiful. Oh, I don't know. There, there was one instance there where um, I was really going strong and I got interrupted. But aside from that, thanks. If you were a professional, you wouldn't let that bother you. <laughs> so true. That's so true. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, What's I'm that at- sound? Is someone breaking into your house? Yeah, like a- so, and, and they'll probably hear that if I use this uh, the audio from this. But it's actually Mark Glenn shooting me a call. So I'm going to answer <gasps> oh, this. Mark. But in the meantime, peace. Peace.